Luke chapter 1 verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. Let me stop right there. Mary is engaged. She has a plan. Can God interrupt your plans for his purposes? Some of us in the room, we're in a transition right now in our life. And it's because something we weren't planning on has interrupted our plans. This is where Mary's at. She has a plan and she's been counting on this plan. She's been preparing for this plan. And all of a sudden God's about to change it. And when you're in the middle of transitions on the inside changes, you are in a vulnerable place. Something is shifting and there's all kinds of emotions and you've got to deal with that. So watch what happens. In verse 28, the angel shows up and says, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. I want to tell you something today. You have the favor of God and you have the presence of God in your life. He favors you. He loves you. He's excited about you. The Bible says that he delights in the praises of his people and God delights in you. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows what you're going through even more than you know, you know what you're going through. So Mary was greatly troubled at his words. That's an internal thing right there. That's inside the mind. That's inside the emotions. The soul is the mind, the will, the emotions. It's, it's the desires. It's everything on the inside that you can't see. Here Mary is experiencing an internal change. Everybody say, what's going on inside of me? Some of you have been experiencing this in the last week with family members, with friends, with coworkers. You found yourself going, something is happening. I don't know what to do. So here Mary is afraid. She's troubled at the words and she wondered, that's an internal thing. She wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So she's thinking, she's feeling, she's wondering what's going on. But the angel says, do not be afraid. Again, that's an internal cure. I'm so glad that God didn't just come to fix the external me, but the internal me, the soul me, the mind me, the will me, the internal. Come on, we can get all the makeup and all the hair products and do all of the face jobs and eye jobs and all the jobs you want on your body. But if you don't get your soul fixed, if you don't get your soul at peace, none of this stuff on the external is ever going to be enough. You can't have a nice enough car, nice enough house. If the soul is not healed, nothing will ever be enough. And the angel says, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God and you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus and he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. Here, Mary is troubled. She's searching for peace when God is actually trying to bring peace through Mary. Mary is searching for peace and she's about to conceive the Prince of Peace. Some of you are searching for peace and God says, I'm trying to give you the Prince of Peace in the midst of everything. CBD oil can't fix this. Alcohol can't fix this. Netflix can't fix this. Disney Plus can't fix this. Another affair can't fix this. Sleeping with him won't fix this. Crossing those boundaries won't fix this. The, the anxiety pills won't fix this. There is a Prince of Peace that only God can bring to heal the whole and the soul of mankind. And the angel says, I'm telling you, Mary, don't push this away. The very thing you're trying to push away is the very thing that the world needs right now. The sermon you don't want to hear is the sermon you need to hear. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary said, I am a virgin. And the angel said, 
the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, something's going on inside of her too. Anytime something's going on inside of you, don't you think you're the only one? There's something else going on in the inside of other people around. You need to get around people who've got something good going on on the inside. Like they're just, they're, they're feeling a stirring that God wants to do something great on the inside of them. And some of us in this room, we have been allowing negative emotions to stir on the inside of us. And God's saying, let me bring a, a word of victory to over to overshadow to supersede the fear the anxiety the depression the worry the panic about money the panic about marriage the anxiety about what's the suspicions you have about your spouse and your family members let me come and overtake the things that are stirring up on the inside of you and watch what happens the angel says elizabeth is also she's pregnant too she thought this would never happen she who was said to be barren is now in her sixth month of conception. And then the angel says this, for nothing is impossible with God. No word from God will ever fail. If there's one thing we can count on church, it's the word of God. It is sustainable. It is everlasting. Though the flower fades and the grass may wither, the word of God stands forever. If you're thankful for God's unchanging word, give him praise this day. So here Mary, she's dealing with all these emotions. She says, okay, I'm God's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. In other words, what you've said is going to happen in me. Let it happen. And the angel left her. And then Mary left. She got ready and she hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. She had not yet told her fiance. So Mary's encountering all of these internal feelings, emotions. When she goes to Zachariah's home and she greets Elizabeth, Elizabeth hears Mary's greeting and the baby inside of Elizabeth leaps in her womb, leaps for joy. Something was leaping on the inside of Elizabeth when she encountered Mary. There's certain people in my life when they get around me, it causes the gift inside me to leap. It causes the potential. It causes the faith. It causes the, the desires for what God has for my life. You need to get around some people that cause the baby to leap for joy on the inside of you. And you need to be the kind of person that when you greet people, see, when we greet people, when we are around people, we're either killing their potential or we're breathing life into it. what's going on inside of you is going to leak on the people around you. And if you're carrying toxicity in your heart, when you're around other people who are carrying something on the inside them that's meant to come forth, if you're not careful and you don't speak with gentle words, your harshness can actually harm the potential that God's trying to bring forth. That's why you got to get what's inside of you healed because it's leaking. Somebody say it's leaking. It's leaking. What was inside of Mary, there was something about about it that was breathing life to what was inside of Elizabeth. We got to be the kind of people when we come together at victory, sparks fly, babies leap for joy. There's gifts inside of us. There's untapped potential. God says, I've got more in store for you. Your best days are still ahead of you. Don't you die in anxiety. Don't you die with that gift inside of you that's supposed to come out. So Elizabeth says, blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord would come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Something inside of me lit up. Blessed is she who has believed. That word believe, that's an internal decision. 
Everything we see happening on the outside is a direct correlation to what's going on on the inside. Anytime you see a shooting on TV, it's not that the, the man just loves guns and he's violent. There's something he's not dealt with on the inside of his soul. Like on Black Friday, another shooting occurred. People were arguing over toys. People are screaming. People spending billions of dollars. There's a search for hope. There's a search for peace. There's a search for contentment. There's a search for belonging. There's a search for someone to fill the hole in the soul. And so we try to buy things. We spend things. Some of us need to have plastic surgery. We need to just cut up all of our credit cards because we're spending money we don't have to fill holes in our soul that only God can fill to impress people we don't even like. And listen, let me just tell you something right now. Only the peace of God is going to satisfy the aching in your soul. There's people watching right now and what's going on inside you, it's stirring you. Some of you are tempted to walk away from your spouse. You're tempted to walk away from your job. You're tempted to walk away from the very thing God says, that's not the cause of your anxiety. That's not the cause of your lack of peace and joy and happiness. You can, you can change your house, you can change your spouse, you can change your blouse. That's a new one I just added in there. But the problem is not with the house or the spouse or the blouse, Doctor Who. The spouse, no. The problem is you. <laughs> it's the soul. And, and, and when you get your soul before God and say, God, there's, there's toxicity, there's, there's anger, there's anxiety, there's resentment, there's fear. And so Mary gives us a inside look at the soul. Watch what she says in verse 46. After this moment, she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My soul, it's so healthy right now. There's, there's, there's something inside of me that's causing me to not magnify my worries, not magnify my problems, not magnify my deficiencies, not magnify what people are saying about me, not magnify trying to defend myself to everyone who's talking about me. My soul is so healthy right now. It's magnifying the Lord. It's bringing glory to God. My spirit is in joy right now. There's a rejoicing in my soul. I don't know about you, but I want to have a healthy soul. I want to have a joyful soul. I want to have a spirit that is free from toxicity, that is free from selfishness, that is free from trying to impress other people. I want my soul and my spirit to be healthy. Why? Because Jesus says through the book of John, 3 John verse 2, as your soul prospers, your life will prosper. A healthy soul leads to a healthy marriage. A healthy soul leads to a healthy single life. A healthy soul leads to a healthy you. The greatest gift we can offer to the world is not money. It's not even our talents. It is a healthy soul. There's a lot of talented people that are passing off very toxic behaviors to their family members. There's a lot of gifted people, a lot of money. The greatest inheritance my father left me was a healthy revelation of a relationship with Jesus Christ that produces lasting joy. That's the greatest legacy you can leave your kids. That's the greatest gift you can give to your spouse, to the world, is a healthy soul. So Lord, I pray that you would speak to us today, that we would leave encouraged, reminded, God, how important it is for our souls to be healed, for our spirits to be still and to be completely satisfied with you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Thank you so much, Mike. What's going on inside of me? Now, we talked about Mary. Let's talk about the other person in this relationship, Joseph. 
<laughs> right? Because Joseph is the guy that's got to live with the girl that's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph is like, um, <laughs> what's going on inside of you? What happened here? You were a virgin. I thought, like, jo like, let's just be honest. Joseph is kind of a little flustered by this. Here's how we know Joseph is surprised and something begins stirring is look at Matthew chapter one. The only gospel that gives us an inside scoop on Joseph's soul is Matthew chapter one, verse 18. Luke doesn't talk about Joseph's soul in this situation. Mark doesn't talk about it. He's short. Mark's like straight to the point. John just skips over the story, just gets right to the heart of the reason why Jesus came. But I think it's important to look at what's happening here. This is not a Christmas sermon. This is a sermon about the soul, about the spirit. It says, now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, was here's how it was about to come. The mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. We know this. Joseph didn't know this. He didn't have a revelation yet. And he was about to make a decision based on the reason and logic of his soul. How many of you in the room are thinkers? You're not really a feeler. You're a thinker. Where's my thinkers at? We've got a few in the room. Praise God for the people who think for us. Where's the feelers at? Come on, I'm a feeler to the core. I, I feel my way. I am a feeler. My, we, we're, we have four kids, and our son Liam, he's five years old. He's a thinker. He's always thinking through things. He's, in fact, he came up to me this last week, and he said, Dad, he said, Daddy, um, what is devil food? And I was like, what? And he goes, what is the food of the devil? And I was like, what, what are you, you're five years old. What are you talking about? And he goes, you know, Adam and Eve, they ate food from the tree. I want to make sure I don't eat that food. I was like, oh, that's a good question, actually. And I, I was thinking maybe I should say it's candy or chocolate so he doesn't eat that. <laughs> but I decided, you know, I, I would talk to him about it. In fact, I want to show you a little video of this conversation as Liam began processing what is the food of the devil. Check this out. Oh, Liam. Milk and honey is the sign for Jesus. That's right. So tell me about uh, what is the Jesus food? The Jesus food is everything and the sign for milk and honey. Yeah, and what's devil food? Devil food is sin, like when you no! lie or like you um, trick someone or Right, good job, Liam. And we got to get ready because what? Because we have to be repaired because Jesus is coming down on a horsey. Only he's coming down to a horsey of the people to who who who, who gave your life to Jesus. So we got to pray that we get to ride the horsey with Jesus. So y'all are like, what in the world is this conversation about? The bottom line was, I told Liam, I said, the devil food is when you give into sin. And what we realize as adults is this, that when we give into worry, anxiety, lust, pride, fear, anything that's a negative uh, uh, emotion or negative feeling that's apart from God's will for our lives, like God doesn't want us worried. 
God doesn't want us anxious. So when we give into that, we are feeding on things. And the more you feed on that thing, the more you're going to go in that direction. When you start starving fear and starving anxiety and starving lust, it loses its power over your mind. If you're going to get back in control of your soul, you're going to have to stop feeding on fear, anxiety, stress, lust, pride. What you feed grows and what you starve dies. And I was trying to teach this to Liam. Now, Liam is a thinker, but Benaiah is a feeler. And you could kind of feel it in the video. Benaiah starts, you know, Benaiah will always be like, Daddy, you're looking at Liam more than you're looking at me. In fact, this last week at Thanksgiving, it was chaotic. I had a meltdown. I, I had a meltdown. Men have meltdowns too. Don't, men, don't look at me like you don't have meltdowns. You do. You do. I don't know why they say grown men don't cry, because we do. And I had a meltdown. You know, Paul had a meltdown. Jesus had a meltdown in the Garden of Gethsemane. Okay, David had meltdowns. David in the Bible, he was emo. He had a lot of emotions. But mine came from everyone was screaming and crying. And then Benaiah, he goes, Daddy, you're looking at Liam more than you're looking at me. And then he walks over into the corner and he just goes, you know. And I go over there. I go, you okay? He goes, yeah, I'm fine. You know, but he's... <laughs> He plays these games with me, and it was chaos. It was chaos. So I actually went over to my guitar after the kids had gone down to sleep. And um, I hope you guys don't mind. Can I play a little bit for y'all today? Well, just wait before you say hallelujah here. <laughs> so... Um, I'm like in this meltdown and I'm like, Lord, I need some peace right now. I'm like, God, can the kids stop crying? Can the dogs stop barking? Can everybody just shut up? I need some peace. Can the diapers stop smelling? Can our house just be peaceful? I need peace, peace. But then I found out the peace is not from these things working out my way. I found that I can have peace even when the kids are screaming, when the dogs are barking and the diapers are smelling and our house is chaotic. I know that peace, peace, peace doesn't come from everything going my way. Peace is an inside job and I found that peace is my decision, my choice. In the midst of chaos, I can have peace. And it kind of reminds me of this um, old country song that I remember listening to. Kids screaming phone ringing dogs barking at the mailman bringing that stack of bills overdue good morning baby how are you got a half hour a quick shower i take a drink of milk but the milk's gone sour my body faints it makes you laugh well i twist it on and i put it back well there goes the washing machine Baby, don't kick it, promise I'll fix it. Only about a million other things. Well, it's okay, it's so nice. Just another day in paradise. Well, no place that I'd rather be. 
four kids, one dream. I wouldn't change it for anything. And I ask the Lord every night, ooh, for just another day in paradise. Here's what I've found, though. Peace is not everything going our way. In order for us to get still on the inside, in order for our souls to be healthy, we've got to stop waiting on everything to go our way for us to be in control of everyone else and the circumstances working out in our favor. What Joseph had to realize in this moment was he had a plan, but God was interrupting his plans. And when your plans get interrupted, you're in a vulnerable place and you can make some decisions that you might regret. Joseph was about to divorce Mary because it made sense in his mind. And here in Joseph's mind and his heart, we only have two verses about what's going on in the man's brain. I don't know what that says because there's two chapters about Mary's brain and heart. Men have emotions and thoughts. There's just always not a lot in there. But Joseph was feeling conflicted. And Joseph was thinking, I'm going to divorce her. I'm go I am going to leave this woman because she's pregnant. It's not my baby. And he was a good man. So he says, I'm not going to do it publicly. I'm not going to disgrace her. But I've got to get peace for myself. Here Joseph is pursuing peace when God is actually trying to invite him into the story of peace. Invite him into the story of the Prince of Peace. Could you be pushing away, walking away from the very thing God's going to use as the miracle for your soul and your mind? The very thing you're trying to wish away. And what if the very thing you're trying to wish away is the very thing you prayed for 10 years ago? Like this week, I was having my meltdown and God said, this is what you prayed for 10 years ago. I was like, I didn't pray for a meltdown. He said, you prayed that you would have a family, four kids, a beautiful wife. The very thing that you're, you're crying about, and, and you've got to look in your soul. I think some of us, we're allowing our emotions to control us. We're allowing our thoughts, our will, our desires to drive us. And we're not inviting the Holy Spirit to correct us and to get inside of our soul and say, hey, listen, stop thinking like this. Stop giving in to the pity party. Stop giving in to the feelings of stress and anxiety. You are made to walk in victory over your heart and your emotions. So the Lord speaks to Joseph in a dream. And sometimes you have to go to sleep for God to get your attention. Some of us, our wheels are always spinning. And while Joseph is asleep, God finally, God's basically like, Joseph, you came to the end of your reasoning, the end of your logic. This is where I kick in. Joseph, do not be afraid. That's an internal thing. Again, we've got to get in control of our emotions. To take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. What's going on in her, what's going on in you, I need you both to be in this together. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And praise God, this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Joseph was going to get the naming rights for the son of God. Joseph would get to speak it and invite that peace into his heart. Now, what does this have to do with our soul? David says in Psalms 42, verse 11, why, O soul, are you downcast? Why are you disturbed within me? How often do we rush through life allowing our souls to go unchecked, unaccountable, and non-confronted? It's so important to have a confrontation with your soul. Joseph was having to be confronted in his soul by God because he wouldn't do it himself. So God's saying, Joseph, 
Stop this. Stop going down this train of thought. Stop allowing your feelings to go down this path. God wants to get in some of your souls today. Some of you are disturbed. You're discouraged. You're discontented. You're searching for happiness. You're searching for peace. And God says, I'm what you're looking for. So David said in Psalm 42, he said this, why are you disturbed? Why are you downcast? Why are you depressed? Put your hope back in Netflix. Put your hope back in alcohol. Put your hope back in marijuana. No, he says, put your hope in the Lord. I will praise him, my Savior and my God. What David was saying is, my, the cure for my soul is my hope in the Lord. It's not just knowing Jesus, it's trusting in Jesus. A lot of us in the room, we have a lot of information about Jesus, but we don't have a relationship with Jesus. So we go, yeah, yeah, I know that, I know that. Come on, give me something more confusing. Disturb me a little bit more. Entertain me, sing me another country song. And God's going, no, 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 get this. You will never be happy until you trust in Jesus. You will never be healed in your soul until you trust that Jesus is enough. I remember uh, a few years ago, my wife and I, we took our kids on a small little vacation down to Dallas, Texas. And um, it was gonna be a, just a two-day getaway. And someone had blessed us with a two-night stay at this place called Wolf Creek Lodge. Well, we left on a Sunday evening. We're driving through the, the night. It's midnight. And I'm tired. Ashley's falling asleep. The kids are asleep. I'm trying to stay awake at the wheel. And I just go, we gotta pull over and stop. We were somewhere in South Oklahoma. The only hotel was a little hotel adjacent to a casino. So I pull over there. I go, do you have any rooms? preferably non-smoking rooms. They go, yeah, yeah, we got a non-smoking room down the hallway, down that way. So I take our bags in there and it just smelled like smoke. We get into the room and it, it was Smoke Tell. This was the Smoke Tell Hotel. It was so smoky, it was smoky bones everywhere, just smoke. And I get into our room and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, this is, this is just overwhelming. So I called the guy, I said, do you have any other non, he goes, that is a non-smoking room. I said, I know, but the whole hallway just is, is is a smoking hallway. So our room smells, and he goes, no, let me come check. He comes in there and goes, it doesn't smell like smoke. And I'm like, you have gotten accustomed to the smell. You are numb to the smell. So you, you don't have the authority to speak to right now whether this doesn't smell, like you are numb. And I think this is some of us in this place. We've become accustomed to the toxicity in our soul. So we talk to other people who are also accustomed to it. You think this is all right? You think this depression's okay? You think this worry's okay? You think this lust is okay? This, this stuff, by the way, the behavior is just a result of the internal soul. We judge a, a shooting. We judge someone's addiction to drugs or pornography or their adultery. We judge the external action. It's always directly connected to the soul. Somewhere deep down in the soul, they have gotten numb to the smoke, numb to the resentment towards their dad, numb to the lust, numb to the, the desire that something out there is going to We've got to stop and we've got to check in with the Holy Spirit and say, is this right? Is this what's going on inside me? Do you want to shift this? Paul said in Romans 7, there is a war within me. My flesh wants this, my, my soul wants this, and it's constantly at war. Rebecca told her husband Isaac in Genesis 25, verse 21. She said, there is a wrestling inside of me. I sense something is wrestling in my soul. And God spoke to her. She checked in with God. She said, tell me what's going on inside me. God said, there is a wrestling of two nations inside of you, Rebecca. There is a wrestling of two sons. Rebecca was about to give birth to Jacob and Esau, and both of them would deal with holes in their soul. 
Both of them searching for belonging, searching for hope, searching for the answers to life's questions. Jacob would go on to marry two wives. Don't get any ideas, y'all. He had two wives, though. He had Rachel and Leah. They were both searching for something. Rachel was searching to be loved. She was searching to have children. Leah was searching to be loved. Rachel was searching to have children. That was her worth, her value. All of us are searching for something. And until we get our soul healthy, we will never have the life that God's called us to live. Our soul's health determines the level of the abundant life that God has called us to walk in. So um, Alexander the Great was a famous guy who conquered the world. But when he died, he said, bury me and don't build a monument to me. And when you bury me, put me in a coffin and cut holes in the coffin with my hands hanging out of the coffin. True story. I want the whole world to know that the man who won the entire world died with nothing in his hands. He gained the world, but he lost his soul. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 16. What profit is it if you get all the money, you get all the Black Friday deals, you get everything, but you lose your soul in the process? The longing for more. Everybody say, more, more, more. Everybody is searching for more, right? That, in fact, Brene Brown, she said that the mantra of our day is never enough, never enough. So we're on our phones, we're scrolling, we're on technology. What used to make us happy no longer makes us happy. Our souls are distracted. The devil is in no hurry to destroy you if he can distract you. So he distracts us. He gets our souls distracted at other people's lives. And we're scrolling through Instagram and Facebook and we're on technology and we're going to 50 different apps in less than five minutes because we're bored with this app. We're bored with that app. We need an upgrade. We need a second TV. We got Netflix over here, music over here, social media right here. And one scientist said this. He said, technology has revolutionized our lives, but it has ravished our souls. And we've lost the ability to enjoy everyday normal things. Our souls are disturbed by the stuff that we are eating every day. What is the food of the day? What is, it's this constant need for more. And Paul says in Philippians 4 verse 11, I've learned the secret to be content. I've learned how to be, I've learned to get control of my emotions. I've learned how to be free from the desire to have more materials, to have more stuff, more information, more food. I have got free. It, wouldn't it be great to be liberated from the need to have more stuff in our lives? Wouldn't it be great to be content with the life that God has given us right here, right now? Wouldn't it be awesome to have peace in the current season? Wouldn't it be great for our souls to be healthy and healed, not in 2020, but right here, right now, to be operating from a full, whole healthy soul. Some of you are there, but some of us in this room, we are tormented, disturbed, confused, and we're searching for things to try to bring us peace. And I want to give us the answer today. So it starts with number one, admitting something's wrong, admitting something's off. Jesus said, I did not come for the healthy. I came for the sick. And you don't know you're sick until you admit something is wrong. Something is off. Jesus wants to bring healing, but he can't heal you if you don't think you need a doctor. So you've got to stop and go, you know, I know that I don't go down to altar calls and I'm perfect and I wear a smile every Sunday and everything's fine. 
But there might be a wound deep down inside that I've been holding on to against my dad, against my family, against my last church. There might be some resentment, some anger that's been sitting in my soul. I think I've gotten numb to the smoke and it's just been sitting there and I need to get it out. Once we admit it, once we are honest, God begins to do his healing work. And then secondly, I want the keys to come out. It then leads to a place of trusting that he is enough. He is enough for me. And this is the beautiful part. I love this. In Philippians chapter four, Paul starts talking about this idea that Christ is enough for us, that he is the sufficiency for my soul. He meets all of my needs. So Paul says this in Philippians four, verse 11. In fact, in, let's start with verse 10. Verse 10, he's talking to the church because the church had kind of missed it. He said, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last, everybody say at last. At last, your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you like, I don't know what I'm doing right now. But at last, at last, Paul was saying, at last, you finally helped me out. I've been needing your help. I rejoice that you finally showed up. But Paul interprets it. He said, I know you wanted to, you just couldn't do it. You didn't have an opportunity. You didn't realize that I was in need. You didn't realize that when you were quiet, it came across to me as you didn't care. But I know you do care. I choose not to let my soul and my mind assume the worst about you. I'm gonna believe that you cared, you just didn't have an opportunity to show it. But just so you know, when, when you didn't show it, I was going through some really low lows, some valleys. I was searching for satisfaction, contentment. And then he says this in verse 11, and I speak in regard, not that I needed it, because I learned through the university of contentment. I learned through the school, the education of the highs and lows of life, the valleys and the mountaintops, that I can be content whatever state I'm in. My soul can be at peace, whether the kids are screaming, the dogs are barking, the dishwasher is broken, the refrigerator's not working. I can be content whether all my kids are at home for Christmas or whether none of them should. I can be content even with empty chairs at the dinner table. I've learned how to be content. I've gone through, and you don't learn it until you've gone through both highs and lows, famine and feast. You don't learn contentment if you're always feasting. You don't learn contentment if you're always at Golden Corral eating the buffet or CeCe's Pizza. You learn contentment when you are not fed, when you are forced to go on a diet because you don't have the money to pay for the food. I've I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. My soul knows what it's like to go through the desert and what it's like to be at the ocean. Everywhere and in all things, I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. My soul is good because Christ strengthens me. This is the scripture that's on every Christian school weight room in front of the bench press. I could do all things to Christ who strengthens me. Like I have it in my room when I'm working out and I want to put 245s back in the day on both sides and bench press that and squat that. But this verse is not about physical strength. It's about soul strength, soul power. Somebody say soul power. Paul said, I can do all things. I can have a healthy soul, whether I'm in want or I'm in feast, whether I am in need, whether I am in the famine or I'm in the feast, whether I'm in the desert or whether I'm by the ocean, I can do all things through Christ. I have learned the secret to a healthy soul. 
and it is not getting what I want and being in control of all my circumstances. It is not the kids being quiet and nothing wrong going on in my life. It is not having all of my needs met. I've learned that the secret to a healthy soul, the secret to a well-fed soul, I've got a secret stash and it doesn't come from the applause of man and it doesn't come from the compliments of people because the compliments will never be enough. You always want more. You always want more affirmation. My kid, he always wants more attention. You're looking at Liam more than you're looking at me. At some point, we've got to realize we're trying to squeeze out of a human what only God can give us. Paul said, thanks for helping me out at last. But I want you to know I didn't need it because I've learned the secret to a healthy soul. I've found contentment. I've found happiness. And it's not from getting what I want. Nevertheless, you did well, he said. Watch what he goes on to say in verse 19. He says, my God shall supply all of your needs. This is Paul's secret to contentment. Don't mess up. Don't confuse the giver with the gift. Don't confuse the blessings with the blesser. Don't confuse the supply from the supplier. The source of our soul sufficiency is in Christ alone. A healthy soul comes from a healthy understanding that God is my source. So when I am tormented or disturbed, I have forgotten who my source is. I have forgotten who meets my needs. David said in Psalm 46 verse 10, be still and know that he is God. So here's what I did this week. I just came into our worship center. Actually, I went into our prayer room, just sat there. I just go, <sighs> a healthy soul can be quiet. A healthy soul can breathe in and let tears out. When's the last time you cried? When's the last time you released your emotions? A healthy soul is not trying to control your life. A healthy soul doesn't have closed fists. A healthy soul is not tormented, perplexed, confused, distracted. A healthy soul is right here. I caught, I caught a video of my son, Benaiah, our second son, worshiping. And I was in his chapel service and I just thought, this is it. This is a healthy soul. I love it. I want you to just see this. Check this out. That's powerful. I want the band to come out. We're going to go into a time of worship. Some of you right now, you just need to have a good worship moment with God. David said, in your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence, there are pleasures evermore. The presence of God washes my soul. It overtakes my anxiety. Joseph was about, I think some of us in the room, Joseph was about to make a decision based on what made sense in his mind. What's going on inside of me? He was about to give in to his feelings, his emotions, his logic, his reasoning. And it wasn't until God got involved and had a confrontation with the soul that it changed the direction. Some of you are about to make decisions based on what's going on inside you. And you need to invite the presence of God, the interruption of the Holy Spirit, the power of God to say, Lord, I've been. And when you're changing, you're vulnerable. God spoke something to me this, this last month. He said, Paul, you are in a changing season. You are in a transition. And when you're in transition, you're vulnerable. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, when you were young, you were the son of Billy Joe and Sharon. 
when you got older and your dad passed away, then you became the assistant pastor to your mom. It was a transition. And then when you became the pastor, it was a transition. And then when you got married, it was a transition from single to marriage. And then in marriage, you had one kid. That was a transition. Then you just had boom, 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 boom. Three kids. Wowzers. And now you got four. You're in a tr you have now transitioned. And when you're in transition, things are changing. When things are changing, you're vulnerable. And if you're not paying attention, your heart starts to collect little hurts and disappointments and unmet expectations and feelings and wounds and resentments and questions of why didn't this work out? And why didn't we get here sooner? And why is this happening? And why did that? And, and if you don't pause long enough to be still and say, God, investigate my soul, something seems different. God says, oh, that's normal. You're in change right now. You're preparing. I'm getting you prepared for a fresh new season. So there's some things that are shifting, just like it shifted in Mary as she was getting ready to birth Jesus, just like it was shifting in Joseph as he was getting ready to become the human father of Jesus here on earth. Some of you, God's getting you ready for something even greater, but your soul is feeling something. You're in the middle. You're going, what's going on? Some of you are battling depression right now. And I want us just to stand to our feet all over this room. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but there's men in the room, there's women in the room that you've got to get your soul back on God. There was this man in Mark chapter five, he was demon possessed. And he had been hurting himself. He had been cutting himself. The outside is always directed to the inside. So when people are cutting themselves, it's because they don't love themselves. You can't love others if you don't love you. You can't love others. You can't be who got a healthy soul leads to a healthy marriage, a healthy family, a healthy relationship with other people. And so Jesus confronts what's going on on the inside of this man. And he says, who are you? The demon said, Legion, we are many. Jesus said, I rebuke you. Come out of this man right now. Immediately, this tormented man was set free. And in verse 15, the town saw that the man who was once disturbed and tormented was now sitting in his right mind with peace. Some of you are about to shift from chaos to peace, from distracted to being present. You're about to get your soul back in before God's presence. In order to have a healthy soul, I've got to put my trust in God. I've got to admit, God, I need you. I've got to release the need to be in control. I've got to release the need to have everything perfectly going my way. I've got to release the need to get whatever I want. I've got to remember that he is my source. He is my soul sufficiency. I've got to breathe deep, cry hard, go outside and shout, not today, devil. I've got to have a praise party to say, Lord, you are more than enough for me. You are my soul sufficiency. So I want us just to bow our heads, close our eyes all over this place. If you're here right now and you've just been sensing some, some changes on the inside, you've been sensing some distractions. There's been some things trying to mess with your soul. Maybe you've had some anxiety, some stress, some fear, some comparison, some jealousy, some lust, some pride. Maybe you've just been finding yourself unhappy with the current season that you're in. The enemy's been trying to mess with your soul, but today, God's saying you're going to get your soul back to a healthy place. You're going to get your soul whole again. You're going to get your soul cleansed by the presence of God. You're going to get healed of some wounds and resentment you've been holding on to. If that's you today, I want you to just lift your hand all over this room. God's speaking to you, sir. You, man, yes. You're saying, that's me. I need to get my soul, my spirit healed and whole again. My soul magnifies the Lord. 
My spirit rejoices. Some of you need to get joy back in your spirit. You need to get hope back in your soul. If you raised your hand or you should have raised your hand, I want you to leave your seat. Come and join me at this altar today. This is an altar for the soul. This is an altar for the spirit. This is an altar for the inside you. Because from the inside out, that's what determines the life we live. And a healthy soul leads to a healthy. Let's go ahead. Let's just sing. Let's worship the Lord all over this place. Come and find a place at this altar. And just begin to worship God. Begin to release those emotions, those feelings. Christ is enough for me. Christ is enough. Yeah. Let's just lift our hands to Him. Whatever's going on in your marriage, whatever's going on in your home, whatever's going on in your heart, God knows it. He can handle it. He is not overwhelmed by what you are overwhelmed by. He says, bring it to me. going to end his life out of depression, anxiety, couldn't pay the bills, never felt like he was good enough, worthy enough. It was only when he had a dream about an angel speaking to him. Goodness, this is so connected to the message. I didn't even think about it. That the angel began to show him, George, George, don't make a permanent decision in a temporary battle. Don't throw it away. You are more blessed than you realize. God is with you. He can bring healing to your soul. You can recognize this is a wonderful life that you have. And when he wakes up from the dream, he leaves behind the depression. He hugs his family. He says, I don't know what I was thinking. All of a sudden, the joy returns. It's not because the circumstances changed. It's because his soul changed. You're going to walk out of this room today, and you're going to face the same circumstances. But when the soul gets at rest, when the soul gets in a place of healing, when the soul gets a word from heaven and says, okay, okay, God, I am not going to jump. I am not throwing it away. Lord, I'm going to walk back into those circumstances with a renewed mindset. I'm not going to feed on the negative food. I'm going to feed that you are my source. Put your hope in the Lord. Put your soul's trust back in God. When you do that, the healing flows. The health flows. The prosperity flows. And so, Lord, I just pray right now, if you have anything in your heart that just needs to be emptied out, if there's any stones in your heart, any wounds that you're holding on to, Lord, I just pray for a washing of your word. You said that you're the, you're the bread of life. You are the water of life. God, I thank you that rivers of living water would flow in people's souls. 
God, that they would find that peace is not found in perfection. It is found in the decision that Christ is enough. Lord, I pray for those that are in a battle right now for contentment, for encouragement, to know that you're with them. Those that are perplexed in their soul with questions and confusion about the future. God, that you would supersede that confusion right now. Speak peace over their hearts. Just say this with me. Jesus, I'm all yours. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. So I declare my mind, my soul is free from every toxic thing. Not today, devil. Not any day. My soul belongs to Jesus. My emotions, my desires, my peace is in Christ alone. Lord Jesus, have your way in me. I repent of sin. I receive your forgiveness. No more shame. No more guilt. No more self-hatred. I choose to see me the way you see me. I am loved. I am enough because Christ is enough. More than enough. And he lives inside of me. So I have peace. And I thank you, Jesus, that you have healed my soul. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love you, Victory. God bless you.